Warning, the following message may be offensive to some audiences. These audiences may include, but are not limited to, professing Christians who never read their Bible, sissies, sodomites, men with man buns, those who approve of men with man buns, man bun enablers, white knights for men with man buns, homemakers who have finished Netflix but don't know how to meal plan, and people who refer to their pets as fur babies. Viewer discretion is advised. People are tired of hearing nothing but doom and despair on the radio. The message of Christianity is that salvation is found in Christ alone, and any who reject Christ, therefore, forfeit any hope of salvation, any hope of heaven. The issue is that humanity is in sin, and the wrath of Almighty God is hanging over our heads. They will hear His words, they will not act upon them, and when the floods of divine judgment, when the fires of wrath come, they will be consumed, and they will perish. God wrapped himself in flesh, condescended, and became a man, died on the cross for sin, was resurrected on the third day, has ascended to the right hand of the Father, where he sits now to make intercession for us. Jesus is saying there is a group of people who will hear his words, they will act upon them, and when the floods of divine judgment come in that final day, their house will stand. Welcome to Bible Bash, where we aim to equip the saints for the works of ministry by answering the questions you're not allowed to ask. We're your host, Harrison Kerrig and Pastor Tim Mullet, and today we'll continue to answer the age-old question, why is Christian entertainment so cringe? So we did a, a recent interview with Marcus Pittman, the founder and CEO of Lore TV, and uh, we reached out to him because he's the kind of guy who has had his foot in the entertainment realm for a while now, for years now, working with different groups like Apologia. He's worked with, uh, I know he said Pure Flix. He's interacted with guys like uh, the the people at Netflix. And um, so so he kind of understands that realm in terms of how people operate. And and he's even, he's even started his own uh, company, like I said, Lore TV. So this is something that is very familiar to him when it comes to entertainment. He's, he's, spent a lot of time as a Christian trying to think through uh, how should Christians interact with entertainment, what should Christian entertainment look like. And so we got to ask him a lot about those things. But we wanted, we wanted to sort of uh, continue that conversation uh, uh, with Tim and I where we basically say, all right, so let's flesh out some of these ideas a little more. Let's reflect on some of the things that Marcus uh, uh, said during our interview and, and – um, and really just try and, and figure out uh, how should we interact with entertainment as Christians? Should we just, should we just throw it all out, you know, because it's worldly? Um, you know, should we try and, and claim that everything is Christian? You know, what, what should we do with all of this? So I guess, Tim, why don't we just start with um, you just giving some of your, you know, your general sort of thoughts on uh, the things that Marcus had to say in our interview. Sure. Well, I, I thought it was interesting just to uh, interact with someone who has um, a vested interest in uh, producing movies, and I'm sure that it's a pretty difficult thing to be a part of a, a Christian, you know, quote unquote, <laughs> entertainment uh, uh, yeah. company that uh, is having to answer some of those questions in a fairly serious way. Uh, now, uh, I know this is a conversation that essentially was uh, somewhat of a hot topic, I, I guess, a few years ago as it relates to the church. There's a lot of individuals who are commenting on it and writing articles on it. And uh, it, uh, I haven't seen you know, the uh, avalanche of articles lately as it relates to this kind of topic, but it is mm -hmm. a topic that's out there. Uh, my perspective in general is that there's um, a broad uh, range of what you might describe as Kyperian <laughs> Uh, Christians who were essentially trying to, you know, take every uh, square inch um, uh, captive for the Lord and all that. And so I think there are groups that do it better and there are groups that do it worse. Uh, there, uh, I, I would say that in my mind, like the Gospel Coalition is a poor example of that, mm -hmm. of how to engage in that area. And it seems like what they're promoting is indistinguishable from crass worldliness. And then you have guys that guys that cross politic um, who are, I, I would think, uh, a little bit better examples of 
individuals who are actively trying to engage the culture in a way that appears to be a little more helpful. You know, I wouldn't say that everything that they do is something I would recommend, but I would say that I uh, appreciate the way they do it a lot better than, you know, TGC, for instance. And I always thought that, you know, Apologia Church was somewhere in between, but it's been a while since I've kind of interacted with uh, 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 those kind of articles and that kind of discussion online. But, you know, by and large, I, I think I thought it was helpful to hear um, his perspective about um, and some of the insight he had about how uh, some of these things, these decisions are actually made. And then, but then there are times where it's just like it. Um, I would think that we need there needs to be a little more clarity about um, the path forward as far as that goes. And so, mm-hmm. I, I I think I understand like the kind of individuals that he's reacting against, but then some of the responses do feel a bit reactive and not precisely clear, you know, what the path forward is. And, you know, in particular, you know, how do we, like, like it feels like to me, uh, just as an example, like Lecrae is a bad example of uh, how to think through these issues. And like his path seems to be the logical outcome of his thought process on that. Uh, And then it seems though that, you know, as we're interacting with Marcus, for example, then, he viewed that as a, you know, a his uh, rationale for you know going secular and all that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, as yeah. like a good example. But then you know, unfortunately, he chucked his Christianity along the way. And I would say that well, I think it's a little more tied. It's tied a little bit more to how he thought about it than than that. And and so, um, but that would be just one example of something where I think um, you know maybe. Um, uh, I, I, I would say I'm, I'm glad that you have individuals who are attempting to make Christian movies and it seems like we've largely uh, surrendered that territory to the pagans but then I think I'd probably like a little more definition as to what constitutes a Christian movie too <laughs> right right <laughs> but that I mean but you know there's plenty of things to say about that and uh, yeah um, it seems like TGC has has relegated movie making to Disney exclusively at this point right right <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, you know, you brought up the, um, hearing, hearing some of his, uh, insight into the way that companies like, like Netflix work, you know, he, he brought up the whole like nudity in the first five minutes. Sure. Like that's like a, you know, I guess like an unspoken requirement that Netflix has and their rule is basically if you have it in the first five, if you have it in the first five minutes, then you're going to keep them for the whole first season basically. And, and so that, that was really interesting. I mean, those are, those are the kinds of things that you hear and they don't necessarily surprise you per se, but then they do sort of maybe help you understand the reality of the situation we're in when it comes to like, pagan entertainment and worldly entertainment yeah uh, i wanted to yeah i want to make a brief comment about that too uh, before you get to your question but just so i don't forget but um there's like that's something that does concern me about like the standard christian response to media and entertainment is that we go into media and entertainment and somewhat of a naive uh way Uh, so for example, I mean, with that kind of problem, you know, it's like the idea of someone like watching Netflix and like, this is just like something that I don't understand why Christians do like in general. And I would say that we need to be more thoughtful about how we engage these kind of things. But we know that these companies do that. But my wife and I, we won't watch anything without checking it on Kids in Mind uh, mm-hmm. to see what the content is or imdb like the parental guide and unless we're pretty confident that like like there's not going to be surprises like that we don't watch it (laughs) okay right (laughs) like so i mean just as a like like there's uh like sometimes in these kind of discussions there's this unspoken expectation that it's kind of normal to be surprised by nudity in the first five minutes and it's like it's not like if you just take even you know just a little bit of caution. And one of the things I've seen over and over again with Christians and counseling and everything else is just like, you know, they pretend to be surprised, but it's like, how many times do you have to be surprised before it's not a surprise? <laughs> right, right. Right. Like, so at some point it's like, 
I would say we need to like you know Job. Job makes a covenant with his eyes that he doesn't put anything unclean before the. Uh, how can he gaze on a virgin and everything else? So, like I do think you you know we if we know that that's what happening happening and you have like TVMA warning you know at the very beginning of it that should and you you know the trajectory of where things are going you shouldn't be surprised very much anymore and, and that's just kind of a random comment to say you know we do have to like you know be careful with how we're interacting with television and like the, you know i would say that you know maybe it's possible to get surprised once but after that point you're just gullible you know right so yeah yeah and it's, it, you know i i have seen a lot of um you know christians who they they'll watch like um game of thrones or I th- you know i think maybe breaking bad had nudity in it I, i'm not really sure yeah i i, I haven't, haven't watched it but i as far as i'm uh i haven't watched any of it but as far as what i've heard about it like that's what i remember hearing right about it. Um, Westworld is, is the same way, uh, that, that new show euphoria, I'm pretty sure it, I'm pretty sure it has the same deal. And it's like that at some point there has to be a, you know, like you're saying, all right, fair, you know, it's fair enough. Like you, maybe you weren't being as cautious as maybe you should have been or something. And, um, and you, you were caught off guard by it and, and you shut it off after you realized that's what it was. But then, you know if you like keep watching the show after, you know, something like that has happened or, you know, you shut it off, but then you watch the net, the very next show and, and have the same deal time and time again, eventually there's gotta be something, there has to be something wrong there for the Christian, right? Well, I think it's like, it just goes to show how normalized nudity is yeah. in, in the minds of many people. Like in general, just that, like that can like the, like as he noted, like you know, surprise, you know, it's just like that's um, like the fact that so many Christians are being surprised is like deeply concerning because it should be like um, like uh, like that should be so unthinkable to the point where I mean, it's like it's it's like if you if you treated it like another like imagine like if you walked into a room and there was a you know um, or you you know you. Uh, you go to a lake or something like that, and surprise, alligator bites your arm off. You know, uh-huh. you know? <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Like you, you might, and then you just walk back out there the next day. I mean, like that would be unthinkable. You know, that would be kind of like emotionally scarring, and you know, like um, everything else. And so, I mean, I, I, I meaning, I, I'm a, uh, I'm just trying to say that, like, you, you, there should be a kind of a, I don't want to tread this path. Right again, and I need to like, and I'm not, um, I'm not trying to say that um, it's just like you know you see something you shouldn't see, and you should just be like totally psychologically disabled lies for the next month. But it should be a whoa, that was like significantly abnormal and out of place, and yeah. we're not, not going to go back there. Yeah, anymore. I need, yeah. I need to alter my behavior based off of what has happened. Yeah, significantly, yeah. you know, to where, like, there's, like, a zero tolerance kind of, like, that's yeah. just, but then, like, the fact that, like, that's just, we just think, oh, well, you know, oopsie, you know, is kind of weird. But. Right, and and I know we're, I know we're kind of getting off subject here, but I think the concerning thing going along with the whole, like, we're not really taking it very seriously is in reality. So I, I know it's sort of blasphemous to say this, but in reality, these shows, they're just, it's pornography. That's what it is. Like showing nudity, um, all like sexual situations. Um, oftentimes just literally like sex on screen. That's porn. I mean, that's just pornography but then it's labeled TV and it's fine because it's on, you know, HBO or yep. whatever, where you have plenty of other perfectly fine shows. And, and we're not really taking that really as seriously as, as I think we probably should as Christians, at least I think everyone should be, but if no one else is Christians should at least be calling it what it is. Um, yeah. It wasn't, I mean, it, like, that was something that, you know, it wasn't clear necessarily in the interview. I mean, I think in the interview itself, there, there was a, uh, it was very clear, like from the company's perspective that, you know, that that was one of their standards. There wouldn't be any right. nudity in the shows. 
Uh, but then, you know, at one point, you know, he did mention that, you know, Game of Thrones was a, or that, uh, oh, Breaking Bad, Game of Thrones, what's the difference to it? Uh, but a Christian show, uh, a Christian show. And then, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, uh, I wonder, like, did you watch it on VidAngel or whatever else? And that maybe that's something you sh- I should ask, but I didn't, you know, I wasn't aware of what's in it at the moment, mm-hmm. but, um. You know, so I don't know, like, as far as that goes, like, that's yeah. just a comment. Like, I, I do think, I, one of the things I find with individuals engaged in that kind of discussion who seem to love, like, movies and entertainment a lot more than I do is that there seems to be kind of a very high tolerance for filth uh, of all sorts, you know, and that's something that, um, you know, there has to be some kind of middle ground, I think, between... Um, you know, breaking the fourth wall and having an evangelistic encounter in every one of your movies in order for it to be okay, uh, kind of discussion and just uh, like, hey, maybe maybe we should avoid clearly avoid entertainment with nudity and filth in it. Right, but, right. So, anyways, um, so talking about his interactions with with beyond just Netflix. So uh, he said he worked for Pure Flix for a while, and he talked a lot about the way that they make their movies and and he said that it was pretty much solely focused on data uh and the data that they collect and that would determine what their movies ended up being um so for you was that was that surprising at all um or were you just kind of like yeah that that makes sense pretty much i don't yeah i don't know that it was surprising i would say it is clarifying or Mm -hmm. like it it's more just like um makes it it makes sense of what you're seeing so it wasn't like oh that's shocking i mean that's essentially what you know big evangelical world is doing with the church services too right it's all mm-hmm. data driven it's all give the people what they want give them the messages they want it's all tailored to the people so i thought i mean i thought it was inter- it's funny the f- fact that and we brought that up in the interview it's very funny the fact that um like you can like, uh, like the Christians are doing that kind of thing, you pull in the audience, and then like non-believers are, you know, <laughs> they they're willing to sink their own boats, you know, giving mm-hmm. you stuff that you absolutely hate, and like they're more committed to their principles than we are, as far as that goes, you know. So they're like absolutely committed to like what they perceive to be the truth that needs to get out there. Whereas we're, you know, much more like man-centered than even the pagans are, and that's just deeply embarrassing and shameful. Yeah, yeah. I guess that makes sense why there's all of the like horse pure flicks movies. <laughs> <laughs> if they're if they're mainly selling mm-hmm. to women. <laughs> well, one of the things that was interesting about that, and I kind of joked around with him about it a little bit, but uh, I didn't get the impression towards the end of the the uh, the. Uh, the uh uh or you know as the interview was going on there wasn't really any substantial response to that and i don't know that it's like some it's like a significant response i just thought it was funny but uh you know so i mentioned that um so i guess the only good stories are the ones that are uh for guys right (laughs) (laughs) and that seemed to be kind of how he defined like a good a good movie or a good show is one that would appeal to men you know uh-huh. And it's like, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's two genders, though, you know, so I mean, I, I get there's an imbalance and, you know, that one is utterly lacking, but I wouldn't want to necessarily uh, forsake the other. Well, I mean, I, I think they're different, you know, I mean, I, yeah. I'm more than happy to say, like, I, I think like your standard Hallmark movie doesn't have a plot, but then it, it is the kind of plot that a lot of women do deeply appreciate. And so... <laughs> <laughs> they do, man. I don't know why. I mean, there's no plot, you know. Uh, I mean, it's just like the relationship, like the development of a relationship, and that's just the kind of thing that you know, like a lot of women typically like. Um, now, I mean, I don't know that. I mean, you know, maybe the answer is that that's just a rebuke to the superficiality of like um, American women, and maybe that's the case. It's something I need to think about a little bit more, but uh, but I would say that yeah, it's like your standard guy show is going to have substantially more like plot like development uh and it's going to have substantially more like um i mean it is going to be centered around some kind of like objective like subduing the earth and you know going on a quest and that kind of thing or overcoming adversity you know and 
like this there is a story you know the story is not the just the development of a relationship it's it's a story about life in a, in a different way but that was uh, that was something that was interesting that came out that I don't I don't know that I have fully formed thoughts on, but right. it was funny. I think it I think it makes a lot of sense from the theological perspective in terms of you know the quote unquote Christian message that is being um, presented in all of these movies. It typically seems like it's basically just like a prosperity gospel, charismatic type thing. More often than not, I'm sure you know. It's, well, that you know, he didn't say that. Like, and that's that was something that was a little bit. I, I couldn't get a feel for him on that one. You know, just I, I was. Yeah, I was a little surprised by that as well. I couldn't. I didn't know if maybe uh, that was just him being a. You know, if I'm speculating, you know, like I didn't know if that was just him like making movies with some of the people involved in those films and not wanting to. You know, maybe we like. Um, uh, he. Uh, we not, uh, not one to step on toes or something. Yeah, I mean, maybe so, you know. Uh, but I, my perspective of all, you know, all the Kendrick's brother ones has been that they're just like prosperity stuff, man. You know, I mean, they have like you know some gospel moments in there, but like there's, it's just a like there's a very strong charismatic, you know, health and wealth, you know, um, you know, facing the giants kind of, you know, uh, no weapon formed against you will prosper. You know, your standard megachurch. Yeah, you know, mix right. of evangelical Christianity and, you know, prosperity, charismatic stuff, you know. So, but, you know, I, I was surprised that he he uh, didn't have a stronger critique against that. Uh, but it may be that, you know, his his uh, critiques were just, uh, he hadn't thought about that very much. It's just his critiques were coming in other directions. Right. Um, but I think it makes a lot of sense based off of, the other things he was, you know, that whole, like, it's all about the data. It's all about what's going to sell the most, right. you know, because if you think about it, I mean, more often than not, the, that kind of message is going to bring in a lot of people, right? right. Because, because it's all about like, I mean, there's, it's obviously a spectrum, you know, in terms of what all people teach. There's a lot of things that could fall under prosperity or, or um, or like, um, you know, charismatic Christianity. Uh, but all, a lot of it really appeals to even people who aren't actually Christian, you know? So like the idea that, you know, God wants you to be healthy, you know, wealthy and, and have great relationships with everyone around you. That's, and I mean, win the football game. Yeah. Right? And, yeah. Win the football game, you know, <laughs> face all your, face all your giants. <laughs> Stand up out of the wheelchair, you know. <laughs> um, yeah. Like, I mean, that that's a message that everyone wants, right? Like, ev- everyone wants that, whether they like whether they like God or not. Well, it's, yeah, and I think that's something that you know, it, the different movies. It's like um, I, I can't. Maybe it was War Room or whatever, where the guy is. Uh, you know, he gets in some kind of sin problem, and then at the end, it's just like he repents and everything goes well, you know, for him, and everything's fixed. And uh, right, and it's just like that's not always true to life, you know. Right. Like it's not, I and mean, that that's where it has like the prosperity kind of health and wealth kind of leanings to where it's just like, hey, you know, there are times where like uh, that can happen, and God is gracious and merciful, but that isn't a guarantee, like that right. that'll happen, and so. Yeah, I mean, there's like a lot of times, you know, when when you when you repent of sin, a lot of times you experience blessing in terms of like like things start going right in the sense of I'm not doing that bad thing anymore, and so I'm I don't have to deal with like any more new consequences right. that come from doing that thing anymore. But you know, if you're the guy that murdered five people. Right, there's, you can there's, you can repent and like I hope you do, but then it's not like you know no one needs to make the movie where the murderer repents and then he goes to the courtroom the next day and the judge is like you're free to go, right? Right? <laughs> you know, like no, you still need to go to jail, <laughs> right? Um, right. So so there's a difference there, and but then you know, like I'm saying, I think that makes a lot of sense just because like that's what that's what people want to hear. I mean, that's what people have itching ears for. And so that's obviously going to sell way more than the, the, 
to most people, it's going to sell way more um, than the story about someone who repents and then their life is still just as hard afterwards. <laughs> you know? Like there's not a feel good, happy ending kind of thing. Um, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, you, you can have that story and they have, right. pe- they have peace, you know, as they go to jail and you know, get uh, in the electric chair, you know, uh, like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, into, yeah. I think you could portray that in a way that, I mean, I'm not saying that everyone in this life, you know, God is obviously merciful and he doesn't give us what we deserve. We don't always experience, you know, all the consequences we deserve for all of our actions. Praise the Lord for that. But then, right. you, you know, if every, if your movies are just like, you know, if you just repent, you know, every everything in this life will be fixed perfectly. It's just like, well, I don't right. know, man, you know, yeah. David, and, David oh, went he, through a lot of junk, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah, even though he repented, and and so, so there's that. But um, yeah, I mean, it is very dad driven. It is like I do think you know, like the 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 individuals with the money are the same individuals, you know, and that's it's not so it's not surprising, but it's like the individuals with the money are the like the the church, you know, the they're the ones with the money. They're making this stuff, and right. <laughs> And they're doing the same thing at church that they're doing in their movies, and so. But I, I would, you know, I would have a stronger theological critique of what's going on for sure. You know, yeah. it's, it's then, uh, and I think what's happening is influenced by their theology. It's not just like neutral uh, movie making methodology. It's influenced by their theology, mm-hmm. and uh, in a in a very primary way. Uh, yeah. So to where their bad theology is showing up and what they're doing. And I think that's kind of a, a different way I would tackle the problem for sure. Right. Yeah. That definitely makes it feel a lot, a lot, a lot more cringy for me uh, yeah. watching that. Um, so the other, the other thing that um, he, that Marcus had mentioned in our interview was this idea that, um, you know, basically all good stories are Christian stories. And, and what he meant by that was, um ba- basically uh good stories come from god and the reason they're good stories is because they're true in some way not necessarily in the places being you know presented or the characters themselves being presented they don't have to be real people but then at least the themes behind the movie have to be true in some sense and 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 if they are true in any sense, then that can be categorized as a um, as a Christian, you know, movie, TV show, book, whatever. Um, so, so what were your what were your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I th- I think it is hard to, you know, if if a person's not prepared, maybe to give certain answers, then it might be that you can't like fuss at them for not providing the clarity that. Uh, they would like to provide so you know making allowances along those lines right uh, meaning you know no one speaks perfectly in the moment and i you know i i i didn't come away from that part of it entirely clear and i was trying to ask questions along those lines to gain clarity and it didn't seem it seemed to be elusive uh, <laughs> like as it relates to that uh so i i think there's I, my perspective is that there's a much better way to communicate that uh, and, and but then I would say that I don't know that I've sorted out um, all the math in like the uh, you know the in its final form as it relates to Christian media either you know so <laughs> mm-hmm. but I mean I have impressions I have leanings I have things that you know seem to make sense based on my reading of the Bible and places that you know I have critiques you know and so I would say I, I think it is hard to kind of synthesize everything. Um, that there is in that kind of discussion and put together something that is uh, complete and like in terms of just a final product of, you know, what, what makes for, um, you know, what, what, you know, if you're trying to ask the question, you know, what kind of movie should a, is a Christian allowed to make? Like there's the caricatures, you know, and, and a lot of, I think his interaction was to pick at some of the caricatures uh, meaning, like, so I would say that the Kendrick's brother kind of thing, where like you have to have a like explicit gospel, you know, uh, moment where the audience is being proselytized for it to be Christian. I would say I don't know that anyone's communicating that, like, that 
well, uh, not a lot of thoughtful people are saying that that's a requirement, but I do think that there is mm -hmm. a, like a, uh, they're obviously doing that and they feel like that they need to make it evangelistic in order for it to be Christian. I would assume, you know, or at least it's an added bonus. So I don't want to put like thoughts in their mouth, but I would say that that would be not right. So there's a difference between Lord of the Rings and, you know, facing the giants for sure. And yeah. Lord of the Rings doesn't have a altar call moment in it. And yet it, you know, it is still a story that I would want to say is a Christian story over and against, um, uh, so they would be both be, you know, Christian stories that you know, leaving aside some of the theologically problematic elements of it, um, you know, uh, that are there that mm -hmm. I would say they're both Christian stories, but then there are different ways to do Christian stories. And there's a lot of Christian stories, you know, um, that we have access to. Uh, so I, I, I would, you know, my, my perspective of it, like long story, or long story short, my perspective of it is I, I, I feel like we need greater clarity about what makes a Christian story a Christian story. And it seems to me that the response given is like, if you can consider breaking bad a Christian story, then I just, I think that word has lost its meaning at that point. And mm -hmm. so if everything is a Christian story, nothing's a Christian story. And like, I don't think that that's a helpful way to, answer the question of what makes a Christian story a Christian story than if Breaking Bad can be are considered a Christian TV show or whatever. Like, it's just, uh, like, that we need more breaks on it than that. And right. um, so that seems to me to be um, not right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like there's a pretty profound difference between a story like Breaking Bad and The Lord of the Rings. Right now, I mean, what I came away with, and I don't want to misrepresent, but I mean, what I came away with is it's like if you're living in God's, and a part of this is like related to the, the post mill theology and um, uh, like um, just, you know, perspectives along those lines. But, um, mm -hmm. I, you know, what I came away with try, understanding him to be arguing was essentially that, um, be, you know, because, um, you know, essentially the world, like God, upholds the world by the you know word of his power and this is god's universe that we're, we're living in then essentially any story that is uh, you know set in this kind of reality uh, would essentially be god's story <laughs> or it would be a christian story you know because if it's corresponding with the kind of universe that god made Right. Uh, or even, you know, it's an exercise of creativity within that kind of universe that is not uh, fundamentally necessarily teaching people to, um, like, if it's not, like, the only caveat I think I could get from him at, it was like the, is that as long as the story is not teaching individuals to, um, reject god actively then it can be in some sense considered a christian story because in some sense it's authentic or true to life or something like that right yeah even with the like the um he there was i can't remember what tv show or movie it was but there was something he brought up that was basically like you know the main character basically just fails you know the whole right. time like morally well that would be breaking bad time. that would be the breaking bad kind of example of you know right. a guy getting into some money trouble or whatever the plot is and then you know spending his whole time uh you know basically being trying addicted to, dig to drugs himself out. yeah being addicted to drugs and you know selling drugs to kids and just you know but i don't i don't understand how that's in any sense a christian story now i mean like if I mean, I don't know that the moral of the story was go and do likewise, but I don't know that there was any, like, anything necessarily saying, like, like I, I don't know, you know, I don't know that, like, that's sufficient to make something a Christian story. Right, it's just to, right. Like, I think we need more than just kind of, like, authenticity, you know? Like, it's mm -hmm. authentic, it's true to life. It's like, if you're in trouble... Like, you know, having a story about, hey, this is what happens if you get hard up on money and, like, try to dig yourself out the wrong way. It's just like, okay, but, like, what? <laughs> yeah. 
what about that made it Christian at all? You know, right. so like at some point, uh, you know, that just because it like it's true, you know, or it's true to life or it's authentic, I, I, it feels like we need more breaks in that or we need more checks yeah. in that without having to have a, you know, an altar call or something along those lines. I mean, I, I do think Doug uh, Wilson wrote an article about this at some point to where um, like uh, there does like I I do think his his take on it is a little different than Marcus's in that like there, and I was trying to find the article but I can't seem to find it but like he seemed to indicate that there I, I do think that like if there's anything good and if there's anything beautiful and there's anything true you know you think on these things and like for the Christian like just taking a bath in depravity is not redemptive and it's right. not like so I don't think you. Like just taking a bath in depravity, like that doesn't, like, like is that? It may be true, right? That certain people do these kind of things, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, but is it beautiful? No, you know, is it good? Is it of good repute? Think on these things. I do think the standard for Christians should be that we shouldn't be just filling our mind with uh, debauchery just to experience what it's like to, you know. Um, under you know, just so that we could better relate in uh, to a fallen world or something like that. Like there are mm-hmm. some things that are even shameful to be spoken of, you know. So I don't know, like if you're if you're talking about sanctification, like are you like I do think you have to run certain checks with your entertainment and ask, am I is this sanctifying me? You know, and I think maybe that's part of what was missing in the kind of calculus in general is that like I I do think. Um, with entertainment in general, there's like a hidden assumption that you know all entertainment is fundamentally neutral, right? It, yeah, like to to where like I, I don't know that I share that assumption. Like meaning, you know, we should be wise as serpents, gentle as doves, and we need to redeem the time for the days are evil, and like we do need to think on what is good and beautiful and you know praiseworthy and excellent, excellent and. You know, and and then you do have to ask your question. All things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful, but not all things build up. Uh, you know, like and and so like there's tests like that you have to ask as it relates to your entertainment consumption in general. And one of those tests is just like, is this going to help me in the race? Like, is this going to help me be more like Christ? Is this going to help me to like? Is it helpful? You know, like even and like that doesn't mean that like. Um, you can't be edified through watching a tragedy or something mm-hmm. like that. Uh, but, you know, like I, I, I do think we need a little bit more, um, a little more categories than just, you know, is it authentic, so to speak? Right. Yeah. And, and while you're saying that, it made me think of, uh, it, it seems like there's even a difference between more modern uh TV shows and movies that are coming out these days compared to something like sitcoms from the eighties or the nineties uh-huh. where, where, you know, typically, typically like the, a lot of times they're not like, you know, they're, they're not like outright Christian things being you know, shows being made, but then they are trying to push some sort of like, family value or or moral story um along the way to that's meant to meant to um inform the audience about how we should act and the what the interesting thing about that is i think typically most people probably nowadays at least probably view those shows as like corny yeah you, you know but then honestly i think that might actually say a lot about um, our morality in general, like it does, as, a, as a society. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think we're, we're definitely living in a time right now that, you, like, in order for something to be like considered good, like it, you know, it has to be transgressive in some way. Mm-hmm. And like, so, and, and like, that's kind of the issue, like, with a lot of the entertainment that we're actually producing at this point. Is it just like it has to be like? Like you would think, like, like most people are trained to think, um, in order for something to be good, it has to like basically put total depravity on full ex- full display, 
and you just have to wallow in the filth and the mud, you know, because like what matters is what it makes you feel, right? Mm, you're right, right. What matters is what it makes you feel. And so if it can produce any any kind of feelings that it can produce in you, like that's what makes it good. But then the problem is it's just like, um, you know, I, I, I did, Doug did have an article on this and, and like he was basically talking about, you know, like it it has to be possible to write a story about, you know, a dad who has a cute daughter who, you know, buys her a, you know, huge teddy bear or whatever and has a conversation with her and uh, without it just being corny, right? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> like meaning like that would be true to life and it's good, you know, but then there isn't like a market for good, right? In the same mm-hmm. way that there's a market for bad. Like, uh, and, and it seems like we gravitate towards like, like the more depraved this can be, the more we think, oh, that was great, you know. Right. Um, in right. general, we want we we like stories these days that are all about like making the villain the hero of the story. Yeah, the morally ambiguous villain, you know, to where he's a little bit more complicated than that. The problem, you know, it's funny with that is that like no one ever does that with you know any of the villains in our society, but we do that on the screen, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know the, we're the the frenemies, right? Like the, yeah, yeah. The, the good guy, the bad guy, you know. So I, I, I do think, yeah. I mean, there, there needs to be, um, you know, I, I do think there is like um, the the movies that are good. I, I think you should define them by their correspondence with like a biblical worldview and how closely they match. And I do think God has given us kind of a. I mean, typically the way it works is like the movies that we actually do like gravitate, I mean, that we should gravitate towards the most are the ones that are going to remind us of the things that are most important to us. And, and so part part of the whole discussion with like, you know, entertainment in general is that, you know, I do think that you have a lot of people, I, I do think we need people who are going to make good Christian entertainment. Um, and I would, I do think, I do agree that that would probably look different than, you know, the pure flicks and, and all that. I do see the distortions. I do see the caricatures, but then at the same time, I don't know that like, like good entertainment needs to be defined by what the world currently praises as good. Mm -hmm. If we are redeemed people who like have different priorities and different values and, um, like, you know, so for me, like my heart is tied to the Bible, and if something reminds me of the Bible, that's when typically I'm thinking it's better. And I mean, you can you know show me a movie where you know buildings are exploding nonstop and it's full of action and whatever, and it's just like, ah, oh, okay, whatever. What what do we do here other than just watch a bunch of you know uh, action, you know? <laughs> Right, right. And so, but that didn't do anything to my mind, you know. And so, I, I do think a Christian's mind should be more tethered to the Bible and should be more resonating with that kind of thing. And you know, I, I do think should be kind of uh, repelled by you know wallowing in depravity uh, for long periods of time with no you know silver lining whatsoever. Period. You know, it's just mm-hmm. depravity, 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 and the end you know it's just like well how many times do you want to do that you know <laughs> right yeah but anyways yeah okay well um i guess uh, that's it in terms of questions that i have for you but but is there anything else that you wanted to say um that maybe we didn't really get to touch on yeah no i appreciate the interview i i i, th- I think we needed i think it, it um you know I, there's a couple comments i'd make and maybe we could leave it at that but I do think a more careful like definition of what makes for Christian entertainment would be helpful in that discussion. So if everything is Christian, then nothing is Christian at that point. And mm-hmm. so, um, like it definitely like uh, w- we need better distinctions between what makes for a Christian movie and what makes for a secular movie. And 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 it seems to me that. Um, um, that, that that's the need of the moment as far as that uh, that part of that conversation is concerned. Um, you know, I, I would say too. I I think that um, I'm always a little bit concerned with. Uh, so I'm not like, you know, poo pooing the project or something like that. But I do, 
wonder at times. Like, I, I, like there's like Christians have like disengaged from that space, and I think that's not good. But then you know, it does seem like you know most Christians are entertainment addicts, and like I would, I would think what needs like it's you know um, what needs to happen is that for a vast majority of Christians, we need to watch less entertainment too. <laughs> so. Right. You know, so that's not like saying it's not a valid project. That's just saying that, like, I think we watch way too much entertainment and, like, we need to be filling our minds with more substantial and more important things. And in some sense, it's just like, I don't know that, like, the advertising that goes along with those engaging arts and culture is uh, necessarily... uh, as thoughtful as it should be, meaning like, meaning like it's like, you know, we failed to reach the people because we haven't given them the right entertainment. It's like, well, I think that's saying a little bit too much. Like, I, I do think like, um, the godlier you are, probably the more you're going to wean yourself from frivolous pursuits anyways. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like meaning like that, that's not saying there's no place for it. It's just saying it shouldn't be like, like what, like what we don't need is we don't need a Christian alternative to Netflix like, like, think about what I'm what I'm saying here. Like, what we don't we don't need that in order for the church to be holy. Uh huh. Yeah. Like me. Like, in fact, you could do that. And let's say that you take the nudity out of it. You say that you make real stories in it. You're still gonna like if they just substitute Netflix for, you know, lore, right? And let's say lore actually works out well. They're still gonna be fundamentally worldly. Mm-hmm. You get what I mean? Like, meaning, like, if you're spending eight hours a day, if a standard American is spending eight hours a day being entertained, and you switch it from worldly entertainment to, well, I don't know what, <laughs> yeah, entertainment without nudity. Like, the only breaks that I heard were entertainment without nudity and entertainment that uh, you know maybe is um, not going to tell a transgender story, right? Or something mm-hmm. like that. Like so, but then you're still spending eight hours a day entertained, and like that means that's a big problem, you know. Like you're, you know, so like th- that doesn't mean don't do it. That, I'm not saying don't do it. I'm just trying to say that there has to be some kind of, hey, let's all insert reality that there's a lot more important things to do than just sit around being entertained by, you know, even stuff with a better worldview than the other stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. Like entertain. At the end of the day, entertainment still entertainment, and it might be a little bit better, but then it should only when you're, buy a small space in your life, anyways. Yeah, when you're when you're spending, you know, five to eight hours a day on entertainment, then it doesn't really matter what the entertainment is. It's not going to be very helpful for you, like in anyways. Your walk. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like that should be a very small. So I think sometimes, like these discussions, like the value of entertainment is being massively overhyped. You know, then mm-hmm. um, I like. Uh, Marcus didn't go there in general. That's just a comment about entertainment in general. Like, to just like you don't want to massively overhype the value of, you know, uh, entertainment. Period. Like, and what you have is you have a society where people are massively addicted to entertainment and they need to wean themselves from it. So, there's that. But yeah, no, I yeah, I think you know, short of it, just a more helpful definition of what or distinction between Christian entertainment and pagan entertainment would be helpful and. Um, and, um, you know, I, and just, um, you know, I think there's plenty of other things we could say there, but that would be the main thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, you know, on, from my perspective, I do think this is a pretty important topic that Christians really do need to think through in general, specifically because of what you're saying. I mean, entertainment just dominates our culture in so many ways. I mean, like everywhere you go, you're going to, you're going to be exposed to different ads for things. You're going to be exposed to, uh, different stories that are being, you know, presented for you to watch. And, and you're constantly being told like, you deserve this, you deserve that, all, all of these things. And, and entertainment is like a nice way to just like, basically just be a very passive person in general. Right. I mean, where you can just turn your brain off and, and not really have to think about things. And that's what our culture is addicted to. So um, you basically, as a Christian living in America in modern day, you, 
you can't escape the reality that entertainment is just all around you. So we've got to have some sort of um, understanding in terms of like, what do we do with that? How do we interact with entertainment as Christians? How do we prioritize uh, what we watch and and how do we think through these things? How do we view the people that are that are making all of these things and then and then trying to sell them to us? What do we do with all of this? And, and how do we honor God with all of this? And, and I think at the end of the day, probably what you're saying right now is probably the biggest takeaway um, that that uh, it's probably the most important takeaway that people should get from this. The, this idea that really at the end of the day, it it doesn't matter what you're watching if you're watching eight hours of it or something like, like you're just kind of, you're, you're really not going to be growing in your relationship with Christ. And, and honestly, it's probably at the expense of like your prayer time, reading scripture, trying to go evangelize or, you know, or discipling your family or your church members, whatever. And so at the end of the day, it's probably the wisest thing to say like, well, probably, you know, 98% of all people need to cut back on what they're on what they're currently consuming right now and, and spend that time doing, doing other more fruitful things. And, and I get that maybe that doesn't apply to every single person, but I think it does apply to most. So it's good that we think through these things and try and figure out what do we do with it all. So hopefully this has been a helpful episode for you guys and it's really blessed you and, and, uh, our our hope is that it, it encourages you to really think through these things for yourself and try and figure out what what is going to most honor God when it comes to what I allow myself to be entertained by, what what I allow my family uh, to be entertained by. Um, what what basically what am I putting in my mind? Because the entertainment it still is putting ideas in our minds, whether we realize it or not, and they can be good things or they can be bad things. Uh, so we we need to be acutely aware of of the situation we're in right now so hopefully this has has helped you guys it's blessed you guys and encouraged you um you know uh equip you for for the works of ministry in your own life and so we thank you for uh supporting us for listening to uh this episode and and we'll look forward to seeing you on the next one this has been another episode of bible bashed we hope you have been encouraged and blessed through our discussion We thank you for all your support and ask you to continue to like and subscribe to Bible Bashed and share our podcast with your friends and on social media. Please reach out to us with your questions, pushback, and potential topics for us to discuss in future episodes at BibleBashedPodcast at gmail.com and consider supporting us through Patreon. If you would like to be Bible Bashed personally, then please know that we also offer free biblical counseling, which you can take advantage of by emailing us. Now, Go boldly and obey the truth in the midst of a biblically illiterate world who will be perpetually offended by your every move.